Well, you can also you can also test it later to make sure that you're that, that it worked. <laughs> so, absolute mess, complete shambles. That's what you get for starting at seven forty-five in the morning. Yep, uh, energy's the last thing I've got right now. Tell you what, I haven't got as well time. So let's crack on. So we know what we're doing, do we? Ready and rocking. Uh, this is forty-seven, right? Okay, here we go. Okay, hello everyone and welcome back to Tokyo Jazz Joints Podcast episode 47. It's been a while, uh, we've had a little break uh, and we can assure you that's not because uh, we don't want to record the podcast and it's certainly not because there's been nothing going on, uh, is it James? There's been quite a lot going on in the background. Tons and tons going on with us, and uh, so good to be back, especially, I mean, we're getting already to the end of the year, man, and it's been a good, what is it, five months since we last chatted, at least in this format? Yeah, I mean, you're never off the phone to me asking me questions, obviously, (laughs) but uh, in terms of the podcast, obviously, yes, it's been quite a while. I can't even remember, I'm just bringing up the... Uh, SoundCloud, which was well, it was actually uh, seven months ago. It was when I when I went down to no. Kyushu for the weekend. Yeah, so it was in April. It's never seven months, is it? Mm. What? Okay, well that's too long. But anyway, we're back, and uh, it's interesting. We're looking at the, just looking at SoundCloud. It's nice to see that uh, people still listening to the podcast and some of those older episodes that we did still ticking over nicely. Uh, and it's great, uh, great to be back. We might make that magic fifty mark, uh, hopefully by the end of the year. Oh, I have a so feeling that. What's we been will. going on then? <laughs> well, you know the usual, the usual. Um, I mean, speaking of a podcast, at least it's. Um, yeah, I have heard from about I would say at least six or seven people in and outside Japan asking when we were going to be back. Um, I told them that you know we did have some few things planned, um, quite a few big things actually, which we'll get into later. Uh, but um, in the meantime, I have been um, Philip. I'll be honest. I've been using up all of our Tokyo Jazz Joints travel budget on my side and uh, wandering around the country all year long. And there's a lot of places that I cannot wait to tell all of our listeners about. Sorry, wait. There's a budget. What worse? Worse. Uh, no one mentioned a budget. <laughs> where, where, where's that coming from? Well, Sorry, did I? I, I listen, that, I thought we'd close the joint account. I thought we'd close the joint account. Uh, unlike yourself, I am not an academic. I do have a well-paying job, or well, I have a paying job. Let's put it that way. So uh, I have my Tokyo uh, Jazz Joints <laughs> piggy bank envelope on my desk. I put in money when I can, and uh, I travel when I can. So I've got a whole bunch of places to uh, to make you jealous about that I've visited in the last six weeks or so. Yeah, I mean, this is quite painful, right? So just just for context, uh, for anyone listening, I actually had a ticket finally booked uh, with uh, a well-known Dutch airline, and uh, it was due to go to Tokyo on, I think, 7th of October. Uh, and it was very touch and go right up to the wire. I was uh, all, all good to go, and obviously... Uh, religiously checking the Return to Japan support group on Facebook to see if there was any changes in the restrictions regarding uh, COVID. Because as you know, obviously in Japan, uh, they kept these um, incoming 
uh, tourist restrictions uh, very tight until quite recently. And so obviously watching that every day, wondering, will I, won't I? And in the end, actually, they did lift the restrictions. But unfortunately, it was about four days after uh, I was due to go. So I had to kind of take the decision a couple of weeks previously to postpone my trip. So, I mean, it's painful to say it, but by the time I get back next year to see yourself uh, and do a bit more photographing, it's going to have been five years, which if you told me five years ago, because uh, I, I very much thought, oh, you know, it'll be every year, every year and a half, I'll be back in Japan, which probably would have happened had it not been for the C word. So um, unfortunately, um, I still not got back to Japan, but we're hoping next Maybe spring, James. But uh, so it's quite painful to listen to these stories of all the places that you're going. Sometimes you quite, I would say, quite willfully call me from them so I can hear the music in the background. <laughs> I can hear the clinking of glasses, the it's, slumping it's, of you under the counter. It's one of the highlights of the trip, I must say, you know, especially knowing yes. that you're settling in for a, a morning of, of dry academic research. But um, but you've been <laughs> up to some things, though. You've been um, in uh, in the continent, as they say over there, I believe. Germany, uh, where else? Wales? Was it Belgium doing uh, various things? I've been all over. Some of it pleasure, some of it business. And, and we can get to that uh, in a bit as well. If you haven't already had a look, though, one thing that has been sort of going on and, and hasn't, unfortunately, hasn't required me to travel to Finland, but... If you haven't come across the We Jazz magazine, I highly recommend um, that you check it out. You can just get it at We, at we Jazz uh, on the internet if you look up We Jazz. They're a collective uh, shop, merchandising and record label based out of Helsinki. Uh, and they have this fantastic quarterly magazine uh, called We Jazz. Every uh, month, it's a, or every issue is a different title, different theme. Um, and uh, happily within that, they gave Tokyo Jazz Joints uh, not three, but four uh, photo essays over the, the course of this year. So the fourth one's coming out in the next uh, issue, which I think is dedicated to possibly the Black Jazz label, I think. But anyway, you'll see that if you check out We Jazz uh, online, you'll see that. So highly recommend all those uh, issues still available. You can buy them online through Bandcamp uh, and definitely worth uh, checking out. It's a good way to get a few of the Tokyo Jazz joints photographs into your possession. Um, and obviously some beautiful words from me too, James, as always. Mm. I save all the beautiful words for other things. You get the nasty ones. <laughs> so come on then, let's hear what you've been up to in Kyushu. Uh, well, okay. First is uh, in the beginning of October, so uh, long story for our listeners. I'll, I'll try to summarize it real quickly. You've already mentioned that you, know, you, you couldn't make it. Um, a lot of back and forth with me with the LCC budget airlines here to try and change tickets, uh, recoup budgets, etc., etc. Mainly unsuccessful, so I decided I didn't want to eat the ticket, and uh, I flew off to the amazing town of Nagasaki, which is in the southern island of Kyushu. Um, unfortunately, Nagasaki is most famous for something that it does not want to be famous for, which we don't need to go into, and it's a real shame because there is so much more to the city than just um, the war and the atomic museum, which most people go to visit. Um, I think a lot of people may, if they've been to Japan, know Nagasaki was the first city to really open up 
um, when Japan was a very closed country. So it has uh, the Dutch and the Chinese were there since the 1600s. And so there's still an influence of that. And there's a lot of Western architecture. There's churches. There's a Chinatown. Um, it's a very beautiful place. It's surrounded by water and hills. Um, so I was really, really impressed with it because people never sent to talk about the city at all uh, outside of the context of the war. And um, when it came to the jazz, okay, there were five places that were on my target. And I was able to hit them all in one day. I got lucky with the timing. Um, and two in particular I had to tell you about. Um, the first was a place called, yet again, Another Milestone, which is, I believe, the fourth milestone that I visited in Japan. Um, and this one was a gem, an absolute gorgeous place. Um, like any place outside of Tokyo, Philip, you remember we've talked about this every time we've traveled. The jazz bars and jazz cafes, once you get into the countryside or the smaller cities, they're about two to three times larger than the average place in Tokyo or Yokohama. Um, and this place probably... Yeah, I mean, sit- I mean it's, it, it's, um, it's always a battle for space in Tokyo, isn't it? But yeah, we, 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 we found, I mean, we found some huge ones, places like Woodside Bay Sea, and Naima uh, and those kind of places, yeah. But it's it's quite it's quite noticeable, isn't it? The difference in size between the, the two. Well, the the difference in size, and also the fact that they've got these wall to ceil- floor to ceiling windows. So when you walk into Milestone and you immediately go up by the bar, you turn to the left and you see a window looking out to the river with the little streetcar running right by. So it's it's just a nice, <laughs> really nice. really quaint and gorgeous view. So I sit down and I talk to the guy and he's really welcoming. You know, we're talking a little about the local scene and he goes off to to prepare a few more drinks. And I turn around and I'm confronted with an absolutely gigantic oil painting of John Coltrane, the cover of the album Kulu Se Mama. Now, that's a pretty, pretty deep one for a lot of listeners, I think. That's one of Coltrane's rather extreme records from a few years before he died. I know you've got it, Philip. But um, this was, at first, I thought because of the lighting in the bar, I thought it was a poster and i and i said oh you know where did you get this poster i've never even seen one that big he's like no no no, go closer this is an oil painting and one of his customers who was a big coltrane fan painted this just for him as a sort of a thank you for running the bar for so many years and i i mean it immediately shot near the top do you remember philip quite a few episodes ago we did our favorite mementos of all of our bar visits yeah 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 yeah. and all the trinkets and things we would want well this this just gigantic painting of the culture and album cover I, I mean to me was just like wow absolutely stunning and uh as coincidence would have it it was my 250th jazz spot visit so it was a great way to kick off the night um i i spoke with the owner for about an hour he was telling me stories about well you know elvin jones's wife is from nagasaki so they used to be here and he actually owned a club here for two years and i was like wait 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 wait, wait. what are you talking about <laughs> elvin jones owned <laughs> no a club way. here in nagasaki yeah man and I- i'd never heard this at all and he said yeah well you know like a lot of musicians great at playing music, not good at business. And um, his wife used to shout at him because he would always just invite any amateurs up to the stage to jam because he just loved playing. So you could literally walk into the club and if Elvin was there, he'd be like, oh, well, let me jump behind the, the kit and let's play a little bit. Imagine that, man. <laughs> Insane. I mean, what I think what? it's 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 testament just to, like we, we've talked many times about this, but it's just testament to like how much the a lot of these american musicians in particular like connect with japan and and how 
they really got around. I mean, obviously, when we went to Basie, there was was the Elvin Jones machine, I think it was called, and that he mm. they played at Basie. And then when uh, we got invited to go upstairs, there's there's that photograph you can find that on TokyoJazzJoints.com uh, under Basie. There's that photograph of of like multiple drum skins just hanging up, and most of them are signed by Elvin Jones. So, like. Everywhere you go, there's kind of these traces of people, you know, and, and it's and, and especially somewhere like Nagasaki. I mean, OK, his wife was from there, but that's one thing as, you know, going there and settling and, and opening a place is two different things. Right. And it just it always reminds you just of how far and how deep like jazz and a lot of really famous musicians like penetrated through Japan. Right. It's not oh, just like a surface sure. thing, and, you know, and how much of a, of a relationship that they made with local people and local fans. I mean, the master at Milestone was telling me that, you know, Elvin basically was the kind of guy that he, he just liked to have a good time. He wanted to get drunk and play the drums and, 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 and jam with people. And it didn't matter whether he was getting paid or not, you know, but you know, his wife who was running the business was like, look, you, we can't be doing that all the time. Um, but Philip, that, that exact vibe, is a perfect transition into the other amazing joint in Nagasaki, a place with the. Well, very I'm going to stop. I'm going to. I'm going to yep. stop you there because if I have to listen to two in a row, I'm going to think it's. It might just be too much to take. Not because your stories aren't interesting, obviously, but just because <laughs> it's already quite painful. I mean, just before before I share some of the things that that I've been up to on the other side of the world, it, it, it's interesting too that that Kurose Mama painting was in. You know. I mean, not that there's any conflict or, or, or anything like that, but, you know, it's just interesting that in a bar called Milestones, like that's the dominant visual aesthetic, that it's a, it's a huge uh, painting of Coltrane. But, you know, I suppose well, if someone, you, someone gives it to you, what can, what can you do? Well, you yeah, know, well, right? but, but also it's, it's, you know, we know this having visited so many places. Um, there are certain places at certain times of the day or the week where the owner will pull out the more heavy extreme type of sounds you know late yeah, cold yeah. train for example because it's not normally a kisa 10 type of uh, your regular customer is not going to want to deal with that sort of volume but but the fact that that his his joden one of his regulars was was a big fan of that record um you know because you you would have imagined as Coltrane is such a, a deity here in japan yeah you you see a lot of posters or variants of you know love supreme or maybe giant steps of course you see people who have done a lot of different you know whether it's paintings or posters or even i saw one uh bar had a a crochet crochet croquet how do you pronounce that crochet knitting i don't think it's croquet like because that's the thing with how that's the thing with mallets and balls oh it's called crocheting then you know, with the way you knit, I, you I know? can't imagine it being a crochet. Is it like some sort of like embroidery, like a tapestry? Yes, or? yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy that that's that's the, we haven't talked about this place. The place I went to in Kamakura uh, that opened a couple of years ago, and it's actually called Jazz and and um, Jazz Izumi. And on the, on the sign, she talks. It says like jazz and embroidery. And when you go in, she's got all of this embroidery hanging on the walls of covers of jazz albums. Wow. Yeah, you've, you went to another place on the list when you get here, man. It's just really, really interesting. But wow, there you go, jazz and jazz and crochet. That could be the new niche. Didn't see that one coming. Yeah, no, definitely not. Well, um, in terms of like over here, I mean, what I've been doing, and again, if you're following us on Instagram in particular, maybe Facebook too. Um, I've been doing a few events here, you know, um, 
kind of listening events and, and the idea is that they've been inspired by by the jazz kisa. So like I'm not trying to obviously recreate I mean we've talked many times about how difficult it is to, to recreate them anyway, but you know, the first one was about a year ago now in a place called Sound Advice, great record shop in Belfast. Uh, you know, which was opened by Marion Hawks um, just over a year ago. And she kindly invited me to, to kind of put on this event. And um, based on that sort of template, you know, um, it's moved to a place called uh, Rattlebag now, which is a, a really nice bar. Um, I can't wait till we can get you over for it, James, because um, it's got very, very jazz Kisa vibes, you know, got red, red carpets, uh, got nice wooden chairs, uh, feels very cozy, big red velvet curtains to pull over and, and block out the rest of the city. Um, I mean, if, they've got, really if they've got that with Guinness on tap, you're, you're just going to have to let me spend the night there. I'll just curl up in one of those I think it's more of a Guinness so. cocktail. It's, it's, it's more of a stout cocktail place, but, I mean, you can certainly get yourself a nice highball, although I, I know that <laughs> probably would end the evening quite quickly for you. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's been really interesting, you know, because the idea is that it's it's sort of inspired by by you know the jazz kisa and obviously the event is called tokyo jazz joints mm. and you know it's a chance to share a little bit about the project explain just you know how amazing these places are and drive people to to have a look at the photos and listen to the podcast and what i've been doing is kind of you know rather doing a bit of djing just playing some tunes for for a couple of hours but within that two hours you know every so often i'll stop the music and then actually introduce a record um, that I've chosen and, and quite often it's themed, you know, so it might be something like it might be a record that, you know, something like, say, Speak No Evil that we, that we saw down in, uh, in Brownie, uh, you know, mm. the, the, the famous picture of the guy, the owner mm. in front of it, and he, he put it up there for the photograph um, and, and sort of explaining that connection to the to the project and then actually asking people just to listen to it. So it's very immersive. So, you know, people are asked not to talk uh, a la traditional jazz kisa. They're asked to turn their phones off, not to be recording or streaming or anything like that and it's been really really interesting James because I think like it, it's bringing you know the jazz kisa culture and the, the understanding and knowledge of this world to, to a wider audience but people's reaction to the listening has been really interesting as well you know like we we know ourselves like we've gone in you know famously the first couple of times you went in you got told off for talking mm, and we mm. know also that like a lot of places now you know that the no talking rule and all those kind of mm -hmm. things has gone but it's just a really interesting way to focus um on that listening and you know i think personally and i think i've mentioned this as well on the podcast before you know there's nowhere really that you can do that anymore it's it's maybe mm. the theater uh, is the only well, place you know, you're really I'm expected. Glad, you know? I'm glad you mentioned that, Philip, because, I, and listen, I know I opened myself up to accusations of snobbery, and pr they're probably accurate. But I was having a chat uh, the other day with a mutual friend of ours here who is uh, doing a lot of work in the music world and uh, various countries. And we were talking about this phenomenon of the listening bars that have been opened, some of which we have profiled and good friends of ours, for example, in Berlin and Buenos Aires, um, but a lot of in places like London and LA, um, other parts of Asia. But he was telling me because he's been around to a lot of these countries and work. And he said, look, you know, they, they, they all talk about, oh, we're inspired by the beauty of the Japanese jazz cafe or the Japanese listening bar culture. But when you actually go there, it's basically a high-end audio system with expensive cocktails. But most of the people are just, you know, 
having regular bar time. Again, that's not a problem. That's fine. Um, but it's not exactly the same thing. They may be inspired by it, but they're not quite getting the atmosphere right. So I'm really happy to hear that you guys are taking the, the time and the effort to, to explain to the customers like, you know, yeah, okay, we can have a, a couple drinks afterwards and, you know, get loud and talk. But when the music's on, you're supposed to be focusing on the music. That's the, that's the whole ethos of these places. And, and not just jazz. It's, you know, we know that the rock bars here, the soul bars, the reggae bars here. I mean, they take it very, very seriously. So it's easy for a lot of places worldwide now to to sort of want to explore that culture, but they're not necessarily, you know, acing it. Yeah, and I think it's a fine line. You know, it's been it's been interesting because a lot of people have come back. You know, there's been I think there's been a couple of advice, uh, a couple at Sound Advice, and there's been like I think four now at um, at Rattlebag, and they've all sold out. You know, and people seem to really respond to to this encouragement to just sit and listen. And like, by no means am I a jazz aficionado. You know, I always say like I'm basically a photographer who's a jazz fan, but you know, it's interesting to be able to, to share, you know, some people are coming up and say, oh, I never heard of Ferris Sanders before and, and now mm. I'm like a big fan or, you know, what's this or what's that? So there is that element of it, but I think also just this kind of, this concentrated listening that, you know, like we just don't really do anymore. You know, you're kind of so distracted by so many things and we're so used to multitasking. So it's been really interesting to kind of be able to bring that, you know, like take that from Japan and, and like share that and um, through these kind of events. And hopefully, James, perhaps in, an, in the new year, who knows, we may be able to get you over. It was it was uh, great to have uh, the rhinoceros guys over in November. Benedict and Martina came over and uh, we did a couple of sittings. Uh, Bene, he, he chose the sort of curated records this time and played them. And uh, yeah, it's just brilliant, you know, brilliant to be able to do these and, and kind of share the project. Oh, I, know, I can't! So, I can't wait. I'll be packing my my uh, legendary raincoat and my Guinness coaster, and that's it. And the swinging plane. bag, of course, the swinging bag. Oh, let's not yeah, forget. You know, hey, it's yeah. all you need to crash out anywhere in the world. Anyway, let's get back to Nagasaki. Then hit me with it. Oh, okay. You're gonna love this one even more. Beautiful, beautiful, tiny place called with an interesting name. It's called Saromanian, and it's written in both in Latin letters and in uh, in the hiragana, which is the, the alphabetic script in, in script in Japanese. Um, so I go up in there and there's one guy, maybe around my age, and there's the guy behind the bar who looks a bit old. I, I later find out he's, uh, he's 77 years old, Mizuguchi-san. They welcome me with open arms. Um, once I start talking in Japanese, we get into the whole thing. They said, oh, you know, before COVID, we used to get a lot of tourists from Asia because you could fly direct to Nagasaki. And, you know, there's always going to be a jazz fan or two. So we get a lot of visitors, but we haven't had any in the last couple of years. We're so happy to see you. Um, they were excited when I told them about what we were doing. And, um, you know, and then we start talking about some of the old things. And, you know, he says, uh, he says, oh, yeah, you know, I've been a jazz fan since I was uh, back in uh, high school. I mean, I, I was at John Coltrane's gig when he came to Nagasaki. And I was like, oh, no, come on, man. <laughs> 1966, live in Japan, the legendary tour that John Coltrane did. Um, this guy was there in 1966 and i was like did you did you get to go up talk to him he's like no no everybody wanted to go talk to him you know um, who was i but years later this mizuguchi san the, the owner at saramania and he he pulls out a photo of him holding a saxophone uh sitting next to sonny rollins and i'm like sonny rollins what, what happened he's like well and it says in the photo it says to my dear friend a fellow sax player so basically no way when sonny came and 
if you remember our last recorded podcast, when I was in a different part of Kyushu, I heard the exact same story about Sonny Rollins, that he was such a gentleman, that he was really sweet to everybody, not just to the people who were funding him. Um, and this guy said, yeah, you know, when he, he Sonny loved Japan and Kyushu so much, he would stay after the gigs for several days just to sightsee and, you know, and sort of learn about the local culture. So he got to hang out with them quite a bit. And he had a bunch of photos that he showed me of him just, you know, hanging out. And he said they only got to play together once, but it was one of the, you know, one of the highlights of his life. So, you know, I'm sitting there and I'm having a couple drinks. This is this is the third place I've been to in, in Nagasaki. And I'm just thinking to myself, Philip, honestly, how many more of these stories are we going to hear? We've still got over 100 places on our list to visit in Japan. You know, and it's seemingly everyone has a different story like this that just makes me like speechless, you know. Um, so, yeah, shout out to Mizuguchi-san there and to, I f just can't remember his name, but the guy who was a regular in the bar and he told me, yeah, I'm, I'm a, uh, by day I'm a postman, but by night I drink in jazz bars. And I thought that was a pretty, <laughs> pretty hip line, actually. You know, it's the coolest postman I've ever met. So absolutely a wonderful place. It's, it's on the list of places I will send you to take some pictures when you come because it's a tiny little triangle on the second floor with um, one of the more beautiful entries that I've seen on a street with a bunch of trees and he's got the two signs one that says Saramanian and one that's just a black sign with white letters that says jazz and you can see it coming up the street just says jazz on it and I was like you know how much I love a good sign so I knew right away that it was going to be one of my special places but um, yeah that was oh, that was definitely man. the highlight of Nagasaki for sure I mean it's just unreal isn't it <clears throat> I mean it is and it isn't because we're like you never, you never get sort of tired of these stories, uh, and we hope the listeners don't as well. But like, it's also it's always surprising, but then it's not surprising, right? Because you know we've heard so many times, you know, and it's just it, like, and and you would swear some in some cases you would swear people were just making stuff up, right? It's like no, no, no that kind of <laughs> happened. Like they just seem like such yeah, shaggy yeah. dog stories, right? But yet we know that these people were there, and we know that they played all over Japan, <clears throat> and it's just unreal, you know. And and I think you know, the, obviously, we started the project to to preserve some of these places to kind of try and capture them, but also. You know, like you do wonder, like, where will these stories go? You know, they're going to be lost, these stories and, and these memories, and, and they're going to be lost forever. And and it's really sad, you know, because yeah, yeah, they, that's they right, are a because very rich the, part of jazz culture the, and history, the, you know. And the places are, as much as we love the places, the actual physical spaces themselves, it's the people. And, and, and once you get to know them and what they, what they tell us about the music and their experiences, and I mean, just, uh, and, and it's really, it's really cool because I, I I think, you know, you remember when we started, Philip, eight years ago, and previously when I used to go around just by myself, just taking notes, I always used to wonder, you know, what do the owners of these jazz bars in Kisa 10, what do they really think about their place in the jazz world, in Japan mm. and externally? And they yeah. don't have a very high opinion of themselves, sadly. No, no, you know, no they, we've had that a lot, right? Mm. Yeah, yeah. They always, oh, my little place. No, 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 no. Nobody wants to see this. Nobody would be interested in this outside Japan. You're from America, blah, blah, blah. And it's, I, we always have to explain to them, no, there's a great interest in it. And, yeah, um, yeah, and yeah. the good thing is that now it's being, um, and, and this can be a little teaser for the next time we talk, but I met an old friend of ours on another trip way up to the north this time in Hokkaido. Do you remember our good friend, uh, Mr. Matchbox? at Groovy. Yes. 
I do indeed, yeah. So while I was in Sapporo, I made a point to go have coffee in the morning, uh, even you know, before hitting the new places. And, um, and the toast, you have the doorstep toast. I had the I had the A set toast, morning toast, yes, with coffee. Nice, nice. And nice. Uh, I start talking with the guy, and then he he slowly looks at me and he remembers. And I say, yeah, remember I came here with my friend and we took some pictures. And he gets really excited, and he's like, yes. And he runs to the record box and he's like, I have the record, I bought it. And he bought the 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 J Jazz album with with the Jazz no the, the Jazz Joints photo on it. Yeah, he has it, man. And he was he was I don't know if you remember. He's such a humble kind fellow and he was just so thrilled that his tiny little place in groovy is very tiny it's what seven eight seats just cluttered with records and cds um he was so thrilled that he was on this international release you know and he told me he always shows it to his customers and i just i just felt oh man you know this is this is amazing this is why we do this stuff man it's just great you know there's a kind of a circularity to it you know i mean um it leads me into to the final thing i was just going to tell you you know, tell you and the listeners about as well. But like just before that, I mean, first of all, shout out to, to BB, BB Records and, and Lee there who who was working at the time when they started that uh, series. He he was in charge of that. And also, of course, then to Tony and, and uh, Mike, uh, Tony Higgins and Mike Peden, um, you know, uh, collectors and selectors extraordinaire who put together those compilations. And I'm so happy that we had that connection. You know, I got to be interviewed by Tony and it eventually led to, to to using the photographs on those covers. And to, to think that, you know, like we've been up there in Hokkaido, taken that, those pictures, uh, you know, and then somehow my pictures have ended up on this record, which has then made its way back to that jazz kisa mm. where mm. the pictures was taken, I just think is, is, is beautiful. And, and it's very flattering. And, and it's really incredible just to think that he's, you know, getting even that tiny little bit of recognition you know and like somewhere <laughs> yeah, yeah. in different collections and different shops around the world yeah because uh, i've seen you know i've seen this album quite a few different countries you know that i've visited mm. and and it's amazing to think that like you know he's his his place is on there and he's proud of that and showed the customer oh, yeah and we know that and we know that people have seen uh we know people have seen the pictures and immediately just been like oh my god i gotta get to japan i gotta check out some of these joints you know yeah <laughs> so it's fab you know, so, uh, so, so that's that's fantastic. But we'll save we'll save the rest of my um, my journey up north for another time. Uh, lots more to share about that to make yeah. you jealous. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, the, other, the another thing I just I suppose I I'd mentioned this to you briefly, and you might have seen it on on to- on the Tokyo Jazz Joints Instagram um, feed. Or certainly on mine. Um, but um, I, w- I was lucky to be able to exhibit again a few of the. Uh, prints from the the project at a conference documenting jazz conference fantastic conference that's it's been going now since 2019 um a lot of jazz academics a very wide range of interests and i've been lucky enough to present on the project at two or three of those conferences now but i got the opportunity to 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 show some pictures as well it was at the university of st wales uh it was at the University of Wales, um, Trinity St. David over in Swansea. Um, mm. And um, big, big shout out to Nicola and Chris, who, who gave me a lot of help setting up the exhibition. But actually what I'd focused on this time, the, the, the theme was jazz and gender. And so I was actually looking at um, some of the female owners. And we've talked in one of our episodes, you know, about the perhaps like relative lack of, of female owners and and even certainly in terms of those owners that, are there, you know, quite often they're 
less keen to be photographed. Mm. Um, and it's a lot harder to not only find them in the jazz, uh, jazz kisa, but also then, you know, perhaps to get photographs of them, you know, and, and again, as we've covered before, you know, I always ask permission uh, to take photographs. And a couple of times it's been like, you know, oh, you know, sort of, oh, no, no, no. Why would you want to take me and that kind of thing? And so, you know, you, you kind of know it's better perhaps to leave it. But um, it was interesting because what I was actually looking at was was those female owners, but also taking some of the photographs that I, I mean, it's hard to, uh, it's painful to say now, over 20 years ago in um, some of the UK jazz dance uh, events in Tokyo, you know, so looking at this kind of absence of these, uh, of, of women in this jazz world of, of Kisa and jazz bars and then looking and contrasting that with the, the presence, you know, how present female dancers were in the UK jazz dance scene. And I suppose that brings it full circle a little bit as well for me because, mm. uh, you know, uh, when I think the first time we really connected was when I was doing an exhibition of those jazz dance, those jazz dance photos and the jazz dancer photos Um in Shimokitazawa, and I remember you coming through uh, with at what was at the time uh, quite a small child, and we chatted a bit, and and, and <laughs> then you had right. to rush off, and yeah, we had that contact, and I think it was sort of when I yeah. decided to kind of try and pursue this project, I think I must have dug back into my Yahoo mail and, and found your details, and I think that's where this whole project started. So that's there was right. definitely and a, a that very small child, by the way, is now a tall 15-year-old badgering me to buy him more cooler clothes. So, madness, um, yeah. Madness. I, I would that, say, though, make you feel? I would say... <laughs> I would say if he's badgering you to buy cool clothes, that could be quite dangerous. Maybe he should ask. Does he want? Do you want to give him my email or? Oh, you 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 wish you had my collection of jazz T-shirts. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> I don't think they'd fit me. You you, you definitely prefer a baggy look. I mean, <laughs> hey, I need it now after these the COVID years. Uh, when we when we do finally see each other, uh, we can compare my swollen gut with your uh, receding hairline and see what's worse. Receiving airline, that's, that's, that's the one thing I don't have to worry about, thankfully. Um, well, look, listen, anyway, um, we're going to wrap things up for this episode. It was really just, we wanted to really do a catch up um, and just, you know, remind you that we're still here. Uh, thank you for, for listening to the podcast. I can see from the, the we're nearly up to 90,000 listens now. So people are still listening. And, and quite often I'm getting messages from people saying, oh, just found the podcast, really enjoying it. So it's nice to know that that's still living and breathing, um, uh, even though we haven't had um, uh, any episodes uh, more recently. Also, tokyojazzdonuts.com, always go onto that website uh, and check out the photos. Uh, and again, at Tokyo Jazz Joints on Instagram. We're going to do another episode um, next week. Um, and I suppose we don't want to share too much about that episode yet, James, but I think what we would say maybe is that we've got some big, big news in the offing. And I'd say it's probably uh, safe to say that it's related to one of the things that we've talked about throughout the podcast and probably from pretty early on in the project as well, something that we really wanted to do uh, and we wanted to do right and we wanted to do properly. Uh, and it looks like, well, it doesn't look like James, let's, let's be honest. It, it's going to happen. Um, it's going to happen. We want to share that with our listeners because we're going to need your help and support as well. So we're going to leave it there in terms of um, uh, how much detail we give you. But uh, in the next episode, we're going to, we're going to share that big news with you. Uh, and we can't wait to, to see what you think. We can't wait to hear your reaction. 
Uh, Very exciting and definitely definitely answers one of the most frequently asked questions that we get. So Easily. The most frequently. Uh, the most frequently. Yes, yes. Right. So listen, James, in the meantime, um, we will uh, say sayonara for now and um, we'll catch up again next week. Great to talk to you again. Good to be back on this microphone. Uh, oh, I'm it's fantastic, coffee, man. It's, it's fantastic. I was, uh, I, I've been waiting for this because, you know, I've been celebrating my uh, my 25th Japan anniversary pretty much all month of November. So it wouldn't be complete without a, without a TJJ podcast episode, you know? Indeed, yeah. So listen... Happy birth! Happy. So wait. Oh, not not your birthday. I thought I missed your birthday. That was your Japan anniversary, right? Yes, yes, yes. Oh, Japan anniversary. Twenty five years. Oh, and of course, a little bit of PR. My one hundred fiftieth episode of my own podcast. Okay, jazz. So good that it, four hours long. I had to divide it into two parts. Obviously, Philip. I know you've listened to both repeatedly, uh, but oh, yeah, just yeah, in yeah. case, just in case our listeners have not yet. Um, that's the uh, the last eight years of me doing my music podcast. The best new music that I've heard. So it's all pretty much. Temporary releases from around the globe, so you definitely don't want to miss that as well. But you, you, you told me to listen to it repeatedly to get the the listener figures up. Right? Wasn't that what you said? <laughs> Just have it on. I have it on on four devices all around the house. It's constant. So I hope that's uh, racking no, up the it, listens. It, the, the support is wonderful. Always appreciate it. <laughs> listen, good to talk, man, and we'll talk again next week. You bet. See you soon, buddy. Bye bye. Take it easy. See you. Bye.